0: From the last hours of the fall 2019 semester at Bethel University, this is...
1: Channel 3900's New Year's Eve... Podcast. So um, I am Sam Mulberry, and I am joined by almost everyone who is on the Channel Thirty Nine Hundred Podcast Network. Um, and this is sort of a crazy idea that we have of getting everyone together to ring in the new year. Um, so I want to share a few things with you before we get started. We have a very specific project we're going to be doing today, but before we get to that, um, I want to hand out some awards for the year. <laughs> Ooh, nice. um, I'm so, so excited! I spent some time today pulling some numbers um, about the podcast network, and so I, I don't know if you guys are aware of these things but in the calendar year 2019 we produced 110 podcast episodes so actually this is the 111th podcast episode that that's we put together 111st
2: birthday Which that's me like right baggins, yeah
1: that's right um and we had over 11,500 downloads this year so very 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 successful year um Woo-hoo. So the first award that I want to give out is to the most downloaded episode of a podcast that was originally released this year. Has this been audited by
2: Price Waterhouse Coopers and Librand? Yes. yes. Okay. Oh, oh, good. Good. Just Librand. Just <laughs> Sam, <measure>. Sam <laughs> is,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Our budget is limited. Yeah, the other ones. <laughs> Sam is uh, opening a big paper envelope right That's now right. with the winner. <laughs> so, uh, and
4: I'm standing next to him in a lovely cocktail dress. <laughs>
1: So uh, number three is the Piet Schoolman episode 35 with 169 downloads, which I believe we recorded in Paris.
0: Oh, I, I do know them by number, but thank you for just uh, clarifying. That was great. <laughs> that was just on our iPhones. The yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, the number two was Election Shock Therapy episode Woo-hoo! 59, The Politics of Harry Potter with 192 downloads. Oh, I love that so much.
2: Asio <laughs> <laughs> downloads. All right.
1: But the winner was Nothing Rhymes with Garrett's Episode 4, which we recorded in London with 199 downloads. We wow. need a bigger
0: travel budget for this network.
1: I know. Wow. Apparently, if you leave the country and record, lots of people want to listen. So wow. that is that is the award winner for the most downloaded. So I'm hearing we,
5: we had the biggest domestic win then.
1: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh the most downloaded show if you look at just episodes released in uh, in 2019, uh number 4 was Bookish at Bethel with 1288 mm-hmm. downloads. That is impressive. Uh number 3 is Election Shock Therapy with 1548 downloads. Yep, yep. Number 2 is The 252 with 1987 downloads and Far and Away
0: Sports here by the way, 1987.
1: Far and Away the winner with 2000 Eight hundred and eighty-six downloads is tweet victory, and Annie Berglund. Right. Annie Berglund's
5: oh. not here. She
6: be she's
1: not. She's not here. But her she's. You have no idea how competitive she is with all of you, and she is thr- She's aware of this number and is very thrilled that she is crushing all of you in total Should downloads.
2: Should we take just a minute and uh, tell people what Annie's uh, Twitter handle is so they can subscribe to her?
1: Oh yeah, it's in the show. Don't worry. Okay. It's at Annie underscore Berglund. We'll, we'll we'll be repeating that over and over. Okay. So then, uh, lastly, the highest downloads per episode of a show that had at least five episodes. Uh, And number four is Tweet Victory with 75.9. Number three is Bookish at Bethel with 80.5. Number two is The 252 with 94.6 downloads per episode. And uh, coming in at number one with 119.1 downloads per episode is Election Shock Therapy.
3: Woo-hoo! Wow!
1: So as I told you guys last time, you need to, you guys need to podcast more in 2020.
3: Yes, yes. But um, I, I Sarah year. Shady, public philosopher, is gaining steam. So you all better watch out for the 2020 <laughs> was, award it's trendy, season. It's
1: she just didn't qualify because she didn't have five episodes. But if she did, she would be in the mix for that. Um, and then lastly, before we, before we get to our, our, uh, our actual purpose here, um, I always look at shows that reach 100 downloads as sort of a, uh, a, a mile marker. Like that, that's a sign of a really successful episode. Um, this year at Bethel, we had, uh, eight podcasts, eight podcast shows have at least one episode go over 100. So they include Nothing Rhymes with Garrett's, The Pie to Schoolman, Into the Pensieve, a Harry Potter podcast. This was my daughter's podcast. That's an episode over 100. Congratulations. Uh, Bookish at Bethel. Uh, Live from AC Second had two episodes do it. Tweet Victory had four. The 252 had nine. And Election Shock Therapy had 10 episodes go over 100 this year. So congratulations to all of you. Congratulations. You, you know, everybody. I, I don't have award statuettes to hand out to you, but you know, we'll get those for next it's okay. year.
5: okay. We have smaller offices now. So that's right. The There's no room that. for that. <laughs>
1: smaller awards is all that that means. So why are we here today? Well, I, for one thing is I always hate it over the holidays when podcasts I listen to don't have episodes because that's when I'm, I have the most free time to listen. So I said, well, we're going to have an episode that we're going to drop on uh, New Year's Eve day. And I was thinking about this particular New Year's Eve, and this year marks the 20th anniversary of one of the stranger New Year's of our lifetime, <laughs> so true. which is the Y2K New Year's as we transitioned from 1999 into the year 2000. Now, I started this semester uh, by talking at faculty Retreat, and I talked a little bit about my time in Mobile, Alabama. But there's one thing I didn't talk about that I did in the fall of 1999, which was I spent... Uh, A good part of the fall, going through every computer on McGill-Tulin's campus. You were that guy? I was that guy.
6: (laughs) I always wondered who had that job.
1: It was my job, and I I was installing anti-Y2K software. So for
6: those of you who who weren't alive,
1: (laughs) Y2K was this um, feared computer bug, this idea that um, in the name of being efficient computer programmers, that in the 20th century, computer programmers just wrote the date in two digits. So just like 89 or 99 instead of 1989 and 1999. And there was this fear that I think the world was going to collapse, I think mm-hmm. is what,
2: what right. we thought was right. going to yes. happen. Air traffic control systems would get shut Everything down. Everything would plants just, would go down. Yeah, yep. planes yep. would
4: fall from the sky. Right. Yep. Trains would derail.
2: Pacemakers <laughs> would stop working. So, so I spent... And
1: there, And we had a... This school I was at had a full computer lab. Every classroom had computers in it. And I spent the fall installing... It was like a, it was a it was probably it was a CD-ROM of anti Y two K software on every computer in this school.
3: Sam. What's a CD-ROM? Can you explain that
5: to some of us, please? I'm actually surprised it wasn't a floppy disk.
3: <laughs> Sam, was this uh, was this done by choice out of your own personal concern, no. or was this Heavens in your no. job description? This was all in right. my
1: job. The guy who ran uh, ran the computer lab and all the computers at McGill was a, a lovely guy named Sonny Jurgensen.
7: Yeah, well, no, 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 no. no, what was <laughs> no, his name? Was Sonny
1: Joyner. Sonny Jurgens. Uh, Sonny,
7: Sonny Joiner. Like, he was at your
1: school? Yeah, uh, uh, Sonny Joyner. And um, and he was somebody who was deeply, deeply concerned about Y2K and about the impending computer apocalypse. So he tasked me with this. My job there was basically to do what people told me. So he told me to do this. So so I I, I did it. And as I look back on this, like I had a personal computer of my own that I never ran that software on. I'm sure lots of us (laughs) did. Did anybody's computers like blow up or stop working? Nope. No. So was this? What was this software that I was running on these computers? How could how could one CD-ROM actually fix these? I kind of wonder what he had me actually doing. It was a yeah. it was a bootleg tape of like REM's Monster.
7: He was <laughs> like play out everyone.
1: Right, right. And it was and it wasn't until years later that I I, I remember doing that and realized I don't think I, I did anything. And I spent hours and hours and hours. Um, Sam, <clears throat> now I understand this. This
0: was a uh, school with some good sports programs. Yes. Okay. Is there any chance you were being hazed the whole time? Is that that a, is a distinct possibility. <laughs> what What was your job at McGill? I was an art teacher. <laughs> You're an art teacher. <laughs> <For Nets. laughs> a guy named Sonny Joyner talked into spending hours and hours with a CD-ROM yep. preparing for
1: Y two K. Walking around the school, Just asking people and if they were Y two K ready. Me what was
4: Sonny Joiner's title? Like, like who? <laughs> he was the head <laughs>
1: football coach. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, 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 he was the I don't know think there was probably the IT guy I don't know that he had like a title beyond that I was going to say director but I don't think it rose um, to that level um, that's but that's so how cool. I spent the fall of 1999 preparing for uh, for Y2K so why I brought all of you here is that <laughs> With the exception of Amy Poppinga, I didn't know any of you in the it's in true. the year 2. Uh, oh. As we transitioned to the wow. year 2000, you're all people that I've met after that and I've never heard any of your Y2K stories. So what I thought we could do is just kind of go around the room and uh and share your stories about that transition from 1999 into the year 2000. Hmm.
5: Sound good? <laughs>
7: Yeah.
1: Sounds good. Okay. All of a sudden, you guys got quiet, like maybe you didn't want to do this.
5: Everyone's like, wait, we showed up for that?
1: <laughs> is is so, this a clockwise order kind of situation? Or uh, is there anybody who would really like to go first? In that case, we're going to start with Chris yeah, Okay, Garrett's.
0: Well, I, can, I actually have a decent Y2K. i am going to say that with trepidation because it'll let you all down. But um, let me start. I was in graduate school. And it was my fourth year, so it was my research year. So I basically mm-hmm. lived out of a suitcase for all of 1990-2000. I had been in London for a summer. I had been outside Washington, D.C. the fall. And then I was headed to France for four months on the other side of New Year's. But in between, I was home for Christmas Christmas with my parents in Appalachia. And my brother had just graduated from college, from William and Mary. And uh, his dream was to go out to Hollywood and make it in some Unspecified fashion as an actor <laughs> slash director. So I'm sorry, but like he had a plan. He was he had done a film studies uh, major in college, and he had saved up money in a landscaping job for like six years, and he was going to just blow through his savings and <laughs> last as long as he could. I love care. that people like that exist. That that's like a real thing. I mean, like it, it, he had a dream and he was going to live it out. But my parents were not thrilled with said dream. Really? Why? And I was given the the, the task of accompanying him. Los Angeles, and uh, in, in payment they would buy my flight to Paris uh, for this research here. <laughs> That's a nice trip. It's
3: <laughs> <That's> hysterical. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so John's version of doing this, though, is say, essentially at five in the morning on New Year's Day in the year 2000, we're going to get in the car and leave. And so we had New Year's Eve,
1: woke up early. Did you stay up late for the new year? Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's not smart or okay. something. But yeah, it woke up. <laughs> Mom is in tears. We cram everything that John owns Aww. into a Nissan Sentra and, like, in the darkness, set out into Y2K <laughs> wow. and, and drove across the country. for This Y2K. sounds like the
1: beginning of Cormac McCarthy's *The Road*. Somehow, yeah, exactly. right? Like, yeah. no,
0: it was this. It was this. I mean, a epically boring journey, because <laughs> yeah, most of it is just like interstates, and there's nothing on interstates. But there was this kind of sense of like, where, what's going to await us as we cross into <laughs> each of these states? And is it going to be this kind of post-apocalyptic wasteland where the banking system has crashed and pacemakers are failing? Right. And they're like right. downed planes everywhere and trains. You <laughs> know, no, it's just like it's like a road trip, and so instead it became this interesting journey like it was the first time i had been to the southwest to texas to new mexico to california so it was beautiful for parts of it it was desolate for parts of it there are a couple of moments really like, it's dark and there's just no lights anywhere and it really did feel like y2k mm-hmm. um but it was also like this sense of i'm not sure how much i'm going to see my brother like we were two years apart we had shared a bedroom mm-hmm. most of our childhood mm-hmm. we hadn't really seen each other through college and grad school except in summer and like it was I don't know what life is going to hold. I don't know if I'll really talk to you this much again. And so a lot of it was just like three days of driving and talking to someone who was your brother and best friend, but was headed off on this very different path. And then we got to LA and it was just like finding an apartment in Koreatown and <laughs> going, going to a Fraser wow. taping and watching so, Kevin Garnett play the Clippers. That so so really as, nice.
1: as people are telling their stories, where on the scale of one to 10 were you on Y2K may actually be the end?
0: I would say like a six. Oh, okay. Yeah, like like, I'm not prone to conspiracy, but like there was so much talk and so many like Y2K compliant czar types, like our friend Sonny telling us if you don't do this, it's gonna be the end. So So did
4: you prepare at all? Like did you get a bunch of cash because the cash
0: machines? What was the most survivalist
1: thing you did as you packed? That
0: was about it. I know we definitely had a bunch of cash, (laughs) but otherwise, like what were we gonna do in our Nissan Sentra? And like I think it's. I mean, it's not like it was a maximum. I think it's very clear to everyone who knows me that survivalism is not my skill set. Right? Really? Like, like, imagine me on the frontier and I die. It's, it's like the Oregon Trail, right? I'll be bitten by a snake at some point. So, like, my brother's a little bit more handy and rugged, but like, it, it could have ended very badly. And I think I kind of half expected it. And then on the other side of this, I was going to fly to France and live in this smallish kind of city called Colmar where I didn't know anyone for four wow. months. And I'm in the middle of grad school starting to wonder, like, what am I going to do with this whole thing? It, it, it was a very um, – there was a lot of uncertainty and anxiety in my life at that point. It was also exciting but kind of terrifying. Do
4: you yeah. think there's an element at which your parents were like, sure, Chris, we'll buy you a ticket to France, <laughs> kind of thinking won't have to do that.
0: <laughs> it, it, it might have been, yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was very hard. My grandfather had also died in the middle of all this like two weeks before. Oh, we wow. didn't get to go to his funeral. And, yeah, it, it was uh, – <laughs> I've forgotten a lot of it until you asked, what were you doing at Y2K and it all came rushing back.
1: I'm sorry?
8: No, that's okay. Did John make it? Well, we survived.
0: Uh, John did not But did he,
8: yeah. No, John lasted.
0: He's never going to hear this, so I can go ahead and say. Uh, John lasted, I think, about eight months. He got a job selling school supplies. He literally ran into Jodie Foster, dropping her child off from school. Uh, He appeared as a contestant on a game show or two. Okay. Uh, auditioned for a job running a game show on Nickelodeon. Didn't get it. And then ran out of money and ended up living with me in my studio apartment in Connecticut for several months. Then he moved back to the Twin Cities, met his wife, and all ended well, and he was doing fine.
8: What does John do now?
0: John Drex, uh is the dissertation advising director for Capella University at the online school in Minneapolis and just got oh, his wow. doctorate. Cool.
8: So yeah, It's mainly
0: a story of how the liberal arts equipped you
5: for
8: anything. There you go.
0: All All right. Right. He was an American mm. studies, American film studies student
5: who found All right. his path.
8: Just I, think right. mm. I think he made Even it. I think he made it.
5: Even the shadow of Y2K <laughs> That's right. All yeah. right. Excellent. Yeah, that's my Y2K
4: story. Hey, Chris, we're glad you're here. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Me too. No, it's weird. Like, I'm trying to imagine like Chris of Y2K. K. Like, I never would imagine he'd be here with you folks doing this.
1: Especially doing a podcast. podcast so that wasn't right. a thing. What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I have nothing else to say about that.
1: Chris Moore, what, what do we got?
2: I don't even want to tell mine now. Mine's so pedestrian and quotidian okay. and boring. Uh, At least
1: it's quotidian, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So I was in my senior year of college getting ready to go to grad school. Uh, I would decide a couple of months later to go to Ohio State. So that decision was still in the offing. I think I'd submitted applications to grad schools and hadn't really begun to hear back from them yet. I was dating... Um, the woman who became my wife Stacy and it was uh, winter break I was in Pioneer Ohio actually I wasn't in Pioneer Ohio I was in I had this group of friends I, it's weird I guess you call them high school friends because <laughs> we were in high school at the same time but we didn't go to the same high school so they were friends from like a consortium of churches you know, like some of you went to Pioneer West and some went to
0: Pioneer East and Pioneer Kennedy and Pioneer. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. just Wait, mean. How big is that's your town? It's super mean.
2: I grew up in a town of 1,000 people. So oh, let, right. let me give you context here. So I grew up in a town of 1,000 people. The county seat of Williams County, Ohio, is Bryan, Ohio. And Bryan has, I don't know, it's probably pushing 10,000 people. <laughs> Wow, choir! All right. Yeah. Fine. Um, so to, to keep this keep this up, um, basically these were friends from like a group of like church friends from a couple of different like church youth groups and stuff. But we were all back kind of home from our various colleges for the holidays with no one else to <laughs> hang out with, so we decided to do New Year's Eve together. Aww. And I we went to this the the home of this woman named Emily. Her whole family was out of town, so she just had her. Uh, well, that was, was risky just, was of just, them. Just, just, just and so this, this this sounds like a teen comedy. It's gonna be like, like a rage. Uh-huh. It was like uh-huh. eight very well behaved people at this party, and it was like it was me and Stacy and a couple other couples, and then a couple singles. And it was I distinctly remember that we played Trivial Pursuit, and wow. we played Apples to Apples, and I think we played It. I've seen it in a while. Well, that's a very
1: uh-huh. 1999
2: game play. I know. To play. Sure, sure. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure we listened to Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. And yep. uh, yeah. Michael uh, Dewey Smith. What was it? 1999, mm, <laughs> not so much. No, um, but we. Uh, I remember there was a, there was a big ice storm outside. So it was actually the road, we were only you know 15 miles from home, but the roads were kind of treacherous. And I remember we were thinking about like, would we have to spend the night there? And like, would there even be power? In, at at twelve oh one, and so it was one of those things where like we we had a, a really fun night, but as the as we got closer and closer, kind of just this background wave of apprehension sort of sitting, in. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I, and I really remember that after we actually counted down, um, to we threw it over to, like a news channel. I think we threw it over to CNN just to see if something <laughs> was going to happen.
1: So, where were you on a scale of one to ten for the world coming to an end? I really end? think like a two. Okay
2: i uh, I we at this point we just weren't all that concerned, and once we got through about fifteen minutes of news with no apparent like mass explosions, we kind of moved on, yeah, nice that's my story. that's a
1: good one, Chris, Sarah
3: uh. Uh-huh. I was at, like, a seven or an eight. Not of the wow. world is going to end, but, like, something is going to break and things will be really bad for, like, the month of January and then they'll fix it. So I was like, you need ter- temporary survival skills. Um Jamie and I were married already at that time, and I was in graduate school in South Carolina, but we, all of our family and friends were still in Indiana at that point in our lives, and so we had gone to Indiana for Christmas, and the typical thing would be that we would have also stayed through New Year's, but, you know, everybody was kind of thinking you need to be in your own home on New Year's Eve, (laughs) lest the looters come and whatever else. (laughs) But, um, so we drove back to South Carolina on the 30th of December. So we could be in our house on the 31st and, and we were prepared. We had gone to the Walmart in South Carolina. It's not Walmart. It's the Walmart. Walmart. And we, you know, we had, uh, Canned goods and things. If we needed to cook them on our little camp stove. What's
2: the hi- best high-end canned good? Like what canned mm. good are you most looking forward to? That's true. Like
3: oh. which one would you like save? <laughs> yeah, like uh, the um oh, not Dinty beef stew, but like the version oh, yeah. of that that's chicken and dumplings.
6: Mm. Mm-hmm. Gourmet. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And then there was also something called... We had no money. So there was also (laughs) something called Pasta Roni. And you could buy like a box of it for 99 cents and add it to boiled water. And then it was dinner. Like... Amy I'm
1: looking at your face here can, 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 you please, can you please turn into words what I see on your face I just, How you feel about I, dumplings? I, just
3: I want you to be happy and I'm not sure that was going to do it <laughs> <laughs> well um, I enjoy having a large grocery budget now <laughs> um, so okay so we had our canned goods we filled both of our bathtubs with water that's a skill <laughs> that I learned from living in Miami during hurricane time because so- if you need fresh water You've got to store up your fresh water. So we had both <laughs> bath filled with water. Don't <laughs> Could look you, at me?
8: Me. <laughs> you
0: know that I can't
8: survive. Just I. It, okay.
3: I would like Anne Marie to comment. <laughs>
8: I have no comment to make because I'm just in shock. Wow.
3: But have any of you ever lived in a place where you could get hit by a hurricane? Like filling up your bathtub with and water is a pretty common thing swab to do. Have you ever
0: grown the stuff that's living in your bathtub before? Seriously. Uh, I married a biology major. It's and
4: then we, we use this water for the condensed stew? Right?
1: Okay. Well, and here's the. You he, boil it first. Guys, guys. You. guys he, he, Thank you. He, here's the important quest, Here's the important question, though, Sarah. So I presume this food that you stocked up, you ended up eating, right? Right, because we were poor. Right. (laughs) What did you do with the water you stocked up? Tell me you just got rid of it. You we didn't Yeah, it? no, we okay, just got good. rid of that. Yeah.
3: But um yeah, and we we uh, had a wood burning fireplace. I mean, it was South Carolina, but it could get cold at night, so we did have wood in that in case <laughs> we lost cool. heat. And uh oh, we probably had like $62 to our name, but we did wow. take it out into cash just in case. Okay.
0: So, can we go back to we had a wood burning stove in South Carolina. <laughs> Was rural electrification had not yet come? (laughs) Uh, Natural gas lines had all been disrupted somehow. Old law from the 19th century. This is a long time ago. (laughs) <laughs> Other options? I, sorry. You no,
3: know I meant, well, what I meant was you wouldn't necessarily think of people in South Carolina needing a fireplace because it's typically a warm climate there. But it can get cold yeah. in the evenings. So if your electric <laughs> heat goes out, you need your. I bet
1: it's a damp cold, too, right? Yeah. You a, a humid cold. A it is cold. <laughs> a humid
3: cold. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And then we sat in our living room playing the board game sequence and watching, nice. um, watching you know, the ball drop. Uh, I think it was still Dick Clark at that point in time.
7: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he and then nothing ago. happened.
3: And then we went to bed. I think we probably waited until the morning to drain the baths.
5: <laughs> you got to be safe. <laughs> I mean, with your budget, I feel like you should have used that bathtub water slowly over time to flush the toilet. But
3: right. that's what oh. I would have done. We oh,
5: finally had $62, but that's, that's just me.
3: No, that's a that's a good point. We we weren't. No, thinking. it's not. <laughs>
5: it's not Sarah, Sarah. Oh, in, when, when I was in California as a kid and they were having a water crisis, my um, family members used to like use things like old dish water to you bring in the bathroom use to flush the toilet because you have a water shortage And, and you don't offensive.
3: flush every time. Oh
5: yeah, you only flush if you really need to.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: I
5: so, won't go into the wrong And if you there, waste, I mean, eye waste direction. Yeah, you,
7: don't you don't want to waste end to the, to the flush, world,
5: please. <laughs> Sarah in the in the last 20 years
1: since Y2K, have you ever filled the bathtub with water just in case? This is a really I'm, good
3: thinking, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm bothered by the fact you have <laughs> to think about
5: it. <laughs> I know. Was it a quick no?
3: I feel like there should be a reason. Yes, but I can't think of what it would have been. I don't really feel so like I'm there should say be a reason. No. Yes. <laughs> I mean, in Minnesota, there's no reason. Okay, to. everybody We've got a else, creek in our backyard. Everybody
1: else, percent chance. If you went to the shady house right now, there's at least one tub filled with water. <laughs> it's more than zero.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there's some listener out there who's lived in the in in the um, path of a hurricane and knows what I'm talking about. Please ride True. into the <laughs>
1: show, <laughs> Amy, please save us. <laughs>
4: okay. Yeah. So um, I was, uh, Sam, you and I had graduated from from college the previous spring. I was a high school teacher at Irondale High School in New Brighton. And um, I remember, I'm going to put my story on uh, all, like a five. And it was a very optimistic five. Hmm. Like I was leaning towards. You I wanted kinda, end time? Kind of. Oh. Um, oh. Well, oh. That's a twist. But because at that point. Like, and and those of us that, all of us that have students who've gone on to be teachers, you know how they come back at Christmas break. And they just are like, what am I doing with my life? This is too hard. I don't want to do this. Well, that's what I was doing. Take me home, Jesus. Um, (laughs) I had, I had, I had started to get chronic strep throat, which eventually led to me having to get my tonsils removed. Um, but like I was sick. Like I just was thinking this adulting is just really, really hard. So, um, I was going to have to start teaching right after, right after Christmas break when the new semester started. I had to teach a class called area studies. And they assigned me the continent of Africa, and I didn't have a textbook or any types of materials that I had been given, except a blank map of Africa, <laughs> and,
1: um, which
5: isn't super helpful, really.
4: It's not, and um, it's better than just
1: vague directions. It's <laughs> over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
8: that's true. This is Did roughly
4: what it Arthur's looks like. Song? Oh well, not at that point. Oh. I didn't. Um, I would have used that though. That would have been like a good. That would have been at least
3: fifty-four half- things. Fifty-four no, I know. things to do and to explore in my
4: Africa yeah um I totally would have used that for at least one class period I would have only needed to then make a quiz that would have been helpful to me at that time um so I remember that my roommate and my roommate and I I was I was like going back to work was looming and all I had prepared was a map quiz um and so I this is before you could just google things and you know and my professors I didn't have a class on Africa. So I did not have any materials and the school mm-hmm. had not given me any materials. Wow. So I was kind of in that space of thinking, if this goes right, I won't have to go back. I mean, like, at least for two weeks. Like, I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, it'll some be. Some people
2: pray for snow days. Some yeah, I was praying for an apocalypse day. We so,
4: didn't, right. I was praying for an apocalypse day. And so my roommate and I also at the time, um, my roommate and I would, pool our resources each week we would like share groceries we would and we also shared like an entertainment budget Mm. so we kind of sort of functioned as one and i remember specifically that we were at papa murphy's because they were had their new year's special and we were thinking like well is it a good idea so we have like thirty dollars you know to see us through to next week like should we just stock up on these pizzas? Like, would that be the best idea? And you then know, we Pastorone. thought, well, well no, because then we thought, well, if, you know, like if there's no more electricity, which again, I don't know what that has to do with the computers, but um, like- <laughs>
6: We were all fooled, right? <laughs> oh no,
4: no, totally. It was like, yep. well, if there's no more electricity, then we can't bake these pizzas. So then we just walked over to Target and yeah, bought- a burning
0: stove. Well, say, yeah, but we
4: weren't in South Carolina. We had a gas burning <laughs> stove in our town home in White Bear Lake. So then I, we just thought like, well, that doesn't make sense so what we actually did was there used to be a a, there was a gap so we walked to the gap and we bought a sweater and then we bought peanut butter and we shared that sweater (laughs) and then then she went to see some friends and um i watched dirty dancing twice in a row which is actually a Exactly how I rang in New Year's of 1997.
2: Wow. So, yeah. Can you, um, locate that sweater now?
4: Well, no. I mean, I know what happened to that sweater, but we shared it and you got, you had to like reserve, like we had many items that you would reserve. You would say, like, I want that sweater Saturday.
3: <laughs> and I'd be like, okay. I, I wow. think we all want to loop back to what happened to the sweater.
4: Well, I mean, I just know that like when I got married, um, you she wore got, the sweater. She, no, she oh. got that. <laughs> we, sh- we 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 cut it down the middle, and then we we turned it into a scarf. No, it was uh, a striped sweater, and um, and she she took the sweater. She mm-hmm. took the sweater. I got the crock
3: pot. She took the sweater. It was it was good.
2: Amicable.
3: Oh, a- very amicable. Yeah. Okay. Still tight friends. Mm-hmm. I have one other comment to make, and I think that we have buried the part of Amy's story where she was chronically sick with strep throat, and yeah. I would just mm-hmm. like to say – um. Who's making fun of whose germs in their bathtub? That's a fair I, point.
5: <laughs> well,
7: I, me mostly.
3: Yeah? Sarah, <laughs> strep is a virus. I
4: was a, I was a, I was a strep receiver other, or a, a carrier. I couldn't help getting it. If it's going to be around, I'm going to get it. It had nothing to do with my ba- What uh, you know? What Matt? Is this bacteria. is not your story. Okay, it's a bacteria. <laughs> That's what They have
6: antibiotics, you
4: know. I'm sorry. Who are you? I know, I'm
6: being really nervous about us talking about this, okay,
4: given our, here's our my lack point. of expertise. I wasn't getting strep from my dirty bathtub. I was getting strep from those dirty kids. Okay.
5: Let's be clear. You weren't, you weren't getting
1: strep from drinking from your dirty bathtub. Correct.
3: Yeah, yeah, let's right. also be correct that my bathtub wasn't dirty. All yeah.
5: bathtubs
1: are yeah. dirty. And you know what?
3: Those kids love that
4: Africa quiz. All right. So how did the Africa
5: class go? That's what I want to
4: know. Um, it went okay. <laughs> um, as long as you stay one step ahead. Yep. Which yep. wasn't that hard, but that was right. the most exhausting teaching experience I of it. my. If anything, I mean, I'm not proud of it. But I was 21, and if anything had anything to do with Africa, you we can. were gonna. We were going to cover it. Yeah. Those kids love the African Queen. They so loved
0: Danny, it, the right? <laughs> yeah, um,
5: good movie. You were not at Bethel,
0: right? Sam was. You both graduated. I don't think anyone here was at Bethel. No. Does anyone no. have a no. sense of what Bethel was like in the midst of? No, like, was there some big Y two K crisis? Did you hear about this as you were graduating? Was there?
1: No, because we we graduated in May of '99. Wasn't on that radar. Yeah, yeah,
4: Yeah, and I mean, like, I was still around because I had to come back for various various things in education. But, um, yeah, no, uh, no, no textbooks on Africa though. Here, that's what I can tell you.
5: What I, yeah. I want to know is whether, like, Sonny's equivalent was making Sam's equivalent run that computer program. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs>
1: That's yeah. a
4: good question. Should you
1: talk to Bill Doyle about that maybe? Right, and but, find but, out but Bill,
4: Bill Doyle wouldn't have been running it. He would have, like, been making somebody in art. Some wacky one. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Stuart Luckman was yeah. assigned maybe. to make sure that we were Y2K compliant. Do you
4: think that then after that is, like, when we got TLT? It was like, we need something. Somebody needs to be in charge of this.
6: (laughs) Uh, Matt. (laughs) Well, so uh, my Y2K experience that night was utterly normal. Just your run-of-the-mill New Year's How old were you? Yeah, how old were you? you, I was a young teenager. Let's just put it that way. Um, Were you allowed to stay up till midnight? Oh, yes. (laughs) It was was quite fun.
4: Studying the differences between bacteria and virus. (laughs) Exactly.
6: Exactly. Different kind of culture. So what what was more entertaining was the lead up to Y2K. So it was an interesting juxtaposition between the utterly normal um, and the crazy. So my dad is literally a rocket scientist working for a a tech company. So I asked him, like, in the upcoming year, like, so can we expect the electricity to go off and for the airplanes to fall out of the sky? He's like, no, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, he works with software. He knows this is a non-issue. I think we might have bought one small tank of propane, maybe.
4: And one jar
6: of st- – one can of stew. <laughs> Just one. Maybe, maybe. Um, but we we knew <laughs> some Where people. Where was your dad in the middle of all this? It seems like he could have headed off a lot Right,
4: of- like shouldn't <laughs> he have been doing things in places? <laughs>
6: <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> Please answer it Doing things in places? <laughs>
3: to save the rest of us. <laughs> or at least just let us know not to worry. Couldn't you have shot off a rocket that like, put a message in the sky that said not going to happen? I don't that's think that's how, how rockets rock work. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of the Goodyear blimp Goodyear like a slow... <laughs>
6: I I think uh, the Y2K uh, pseudo-crisis has a lot less to do with real science and engineering and software and a lot more to do with the media, Um, but I'll I'll save those comments for later. I suppose
4: you think Santa
2: isn't real.
6: (laughs) And neither is the Easter Bunny.
2: Tommy and Sabrina, if you're listening, uh, you can edit that part out. Close your
6: ears, kids. Um, Anyway, so um, but we knew people. We knew some preppers, um, and they were really hardcore. They lived out in the country. They had a large warehouse they filled it full of food like dry food i mean they went they did, went far beyond the canned goods like they had like like massive bags of grain hardtack
4: like and beans like dry oh, beans oh yeah it was mm. it
6: was hardcore and they had they God. had i'm pretty sure they had like tanks of gas and propane and it they went all in. Of course, they have all the food afterwards that they have to eat through or, or sell or whatever. We're
4: having a party <laughs> with grains
7: for the whole county. Yeah.
6: So, well yeah, so uh, we we had a very normal Y two K, but the buildup uh, was was amusing to say the least.
2: So I had uh, a student from maybe about 2012 era around that time who I discovered is still her family are big time preppers, and this is kind of like for some people a hobby. This is. Sort of how they spend their extra yeah. time. I know a prepper
8: and I'm excited to know a prepper because when stuff does hit the fan, you know, I know where, where I'm going. going. You're ready? Yeah. Yeah. They have. In your neighborhood, Anne Marie? Like nearby I'm
4: within walking not. distance? And I'm not going my Tim source. Course. Oh, no. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. She's keeping her
5: prepper to herself.
3: Yeah. My neighbor across the street installed a safe room in their basement this Sweet. summer, it came on a truck. And then was like dismantled and rebuilt inside their basement, and we all just watched from our kitchen windows, thinking, "But it's just Lino lakes." <laughs>
6: so that's the thing. Like, if you're a prepper, aren't you going to be like profoundly disappointed if something doesn't happen? Like all this stuff that I bought, like right. I, I want to be able. To I was
4: more it. thinking like, what if you don't like the other preppers, and that's like who you're left with, and all the good people are gone. That's why
1: preppers have to use the buddy system. That's right. They
4: do. You need someone to be in it with you. That's true. That's a very good point,
1: Andy. well, How about you?
5: So, were you in the U.S.? I was. Okay. Yeah, I was in the U.S. I was in college. I was a sophomore in college. I just finished my first semester at State University. Um, and you know, wait, it was called State, state University? University. No, it was, um, I, I came from Bible College. Okay, because so, I was wondering if you went so, yeah,
1: to a if no. you lived in a generic eighties movie. <laughs> where the kids
7: were hoping to go to State
5: University yes. of South Carolina at Aiken. If you want me to get specific here. Um, So I'd finished my first semester there. My parents had just come back in the country, and so we were um, actually together. And it was the first time we'd been together for a year, basically, on that that Christmas. And so we were were there hanging out at our house, and my uncle and aunt were there. And I have to say, like, on the 1 to 10 scale, I was pretty skeptical that this would actually do anything bad. So I was probably in that two range as well, um, thinking like this is probably a whole lot of hype about nothing. Um, but you're, there's still always that question in your mind. Like, I mean, like people have been making a big deal about this, will something happen? And so I just remember us like sitting there probably watching the ball drop or I can't remember what we were watching, but that was usually what we would have done um, in the living room and kind of waiting for that. And so then it ha- you know, midnight comes, the ball drops and you're like, nothing happened. And then right after um, the lights went out.
7: <gasps> and we're all like, oh. dun, dun,
5: dun. there is something going on, right? And then we looked out the window and like, wait, the neighbor's lights are still on. <laughs> Why are the lights out? <laughs> and turned out my uncle, who's a real jokester, had slipped out and hit the power switch for the house. <laughs> so he turned it back That's on. That's funny. And we all had a good laugh. And that well was our played. Y2K story. It was well played.
3: Andy, um, I like to imagine an alternative narrative where Y2K <laughs> does happen and your family has to leave Aiken. To right. like wander in search of sustenance, <laughs> and like you go about a hundred miles to Colombia, and we find some pastaroni <laughs> Right, and you like fall dehydrated on your knees at yep, my bathtub. Yep, yep, yep. And then
1: eventually and you say no. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> if you guys made your
4: way to Minnesota, then between you, your parents, and that Arthur song, I would have had a good two weeks of
5: curriculum. I know. And I know. Andy would have a sweater he could wear sometimes. I know. <laughs> sometimes. I could have come in and shared stories. Have
8: I know, it would have been great.
5: <laughs> Sorry I wasn't there for you, Amy.
8: I know.
4: You are now, though. That's what matters.
5: <laughs> Better late than never. Amory.
8: Well, I was thinking that I was a zero in terms of my concern about Y2K, but I was... You're I mean, not a zero. I, yeah, I was thinking, though, like I actually had to fly home over Christmas break from Los Angeles to Grand Rapids, and I do remember vaguely making plane reservations so that it wouldn't actually correspond mm. with, like, New there
3: Year's There it Day. is. It comes out. So there there was So you that. were, like, a point .5. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, that's good.
8: Because <laughs> basically, in terms of other preparations, I locked my apartment, and that was pretty much it in terms of preparation. I always locked my apartment. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> I, 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 and it was Los Angeles, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. I did lock my apartment. Um, And so I thought I would have a Y2K story because, you know, everybody does. But then I just couldn't remember. And so I actually this morning went down to the basement and um, pulled out my box of journals and consulted my journals to see if I had... We didn't go to the primary
4: sources. I know. I did, right? Good historian.
8: And so I I, I pop out. I find the journal (laughs) for like 99, 2000. There is nothing, not a Mm. word about New Year's Eve. The closest I can get to New Year's Eve is like January 14. I'm back in Los Angeles and I'm writing, I am so glad to be back in Los Angeles. Christmas break was a total drag or some such thing.
1: <laughs> but that's more of a Grand Rapids thing, right? Yeah, maybe. Right, right.
8: And then I mentioned that I had seen a couple of people. So I actually contacted the two people I had mentioned who were good friends. So I, I contacted my, my best friend, Deb, and I was like, Deb, what were we doing for New Year's Eve? And she's like, I have no idea. (laughs) So again, totally not any sort of like...
3: No real concern. I kind of feel though... Okay, so now I'm I'm just going to start stereotyping. Mm -hmm. But right, Grand Rapids, very Calvinist town, of course you're doing nothing because what will come will come. come? It's right. right, There's no point in prepping. That's very true. true. And then the other
8: person I saw is my now brother-in-law and I sent him a text saying, was I with you New Year's Eve? And... Um he didn't even respond to the text, so clearly <laughs> clearly nothing of L- Listeners, if I, you I, know where Anne Marie uh, was yes. on New we Year's Eve.
2: Can I make a, a a bookish call back here, Anne Marie? What's that? Can I make a bookish call back here? Um sure. So if Y2K actually had been a thing and it, it turned into kind of like a canticle for Leibowitz kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Could we, we could easily imagine Grand Rapids, Michigan becoming like a center of culture and society that survives uh, a global mm-hmm. apocalypse, right? They would kind of cobble together yeah. the necessary society and knowledge oh, and I learning and prosperity to yeah, kind sure. of continue human society. I think right? Grand Rapids is lovely.
8: Isn't Grand Rapids? I think Rap- that's yeah, where I'd head. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> well, and, and so Deb said that the, the, the possibility that she has in her mind is that we are maybe at her apartment watching La Femme Nikita. Um, <laughs> that's so much cooler
4: than dirty dancing no but it's
8: really not because i think it was the television series not even the movie okay. so that, that was my oh.
0: question
1: sorry. <laughs> so my y2k story i told you about my build-up but not my not the actual not the story uh, not the actual evening and my story's not great uh not great either but i'm the last one so i will close the show <laughs> um so my wife I wasn't married at the time. Um, I was almost engaged, but not quite. Um, like I had, half,
4: <clears throat> halfway? We got engaged, engaged that summer,
1: the following summer. So I had come back up. <laughs> from, Is that like being a little bit pregnant? Like,
4: <laughs> no, we just weren't
1: engaged yet. I know, but
4: you're like, we were almost, it's just funny the <laughs> yeah. way that. A he pumps,
1: was approaching like, the time of life. You guys are historians. Engaged. You don't know how time works. <laughs> like, like, like you could ah, say, you could question. say in, like December 2nd, uh, 1941. It was almost per- the almost the attack on Pearl Harbor. Like we were almost to that point in history. Uh, we were almost to the point in my personal history when I was engaged, but not yet. So, we had the girl. We had the place. So, um, so I had come back from from Mobile, um, and and I was with Aunt, my wife, future wife's family. Almost. That's your right. Family. Almost. Yes, uh, and and they have a cabin up in northern Wisconsin, pretty close to the the UP border uh, with Michigan, and we had I think just about every member of her family were up there. We probably had about twenty five people up in this cabin, um, and, and uh, we had a big party. It's the I'm not somebody who ever dresses up like in a costume, but we had to come dressed as your favorite or as a historical figure from the last thousand years. Um. So I just put That's a big a weird like. Weird Was that
4: like a hard stop? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, because we—it was the end of the millennium. So you, oh, anyone oh, from the right. millennium. So like my father-in-law oh, was dressed. Oh no!
4: I just got that. <laughs> yeah,
1: my father-in-law was dressed as Martin Luther. I put a big bandage on the side of my head and went as Vincent Van Gogh. It wasn't a very good costume. <laughs> we had a we had a, a trivia night, um, which my team won, which is important oh, to me. Of course they did. Um and. Mm-hmm. Around uh, 1130, I – this is going to sound familiar to you, Andy. Um, <laughs> around 1130, I turned to uh, Jim Lindbergh, who is my wife's uncle, and I said to him, Jim, is there a switch that will shut off the power to this house? And he That's said, nice. yes, there is. Let me show uh-huh. you. So um, so he, Jim and uh, Ann and I – All kind of colluded on this. So I slipped into the basement as people were starting the countdown. Um, and was videotaping everyone. And every, there's, there's 25 people in this cabin in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) They hit three, two, one, and I hit the power. And there is this sort of combination terrified and excited scream like wow something (laughs) happened
5: (laughs) the end is not
1: and because because we it wasn't like we were in a neighborhood like you looked outside and it was just dark right and it took a while before people noticed like Oh if I look way across the lake I can see a light there. So yep. so we yep. we we provided people probably with about 7 seconds of genuine terror and excitement. <laughs> nice. And uh yeah that was that was my and then I went to bed I'm sure cuz why would I be up that late? But, yeah, uh, but light but but that was my uh, that was my
0: Y2K. <laughs> so did you ask them how they what they thought and felt in those 7 like it is an interesting kind of test like you really oh, yeah. think yeah. genuinely the world in some way is yeah, being disrupted yeah. or ending. Like,
1: yeah, I mean th- there there were some people whose initial response was oh someone's playing a joke but there were other people cuz it depends on what you were primed for. If you were a uh, right. Right. If you were a zero, a one, or a two, someone's playing a joke. Because your brain is set towards, this isn't gonna happen. But if you were a uh, eight or a nine and the power went out. It's, Fill
3: those tubs. Yeah, it's like, it feels <laughs> It's a too hard. late at that point. <laughs> right, yeah. you
1: start dunking on people because you're like, guess who has two bathtubs? Literally. Literally dunking.
7: <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was, so that was, it was a very fascinating, uh, very fascinating moment. Um, and it will, you know, that was, I think, my first, um, contribution to like Barry Lindbergh family lore is that because that I had that idea to do that. So that's how I ingratiated myself to my future in-laws was by um, making them think the world had come to an end. Nice.
4: It's interesting how we haven't had, you know, I mean, like there's no other experience in the last 20 years, I think, where, you know, it's because it was the anticipation, it's the buildup, it's the knowing and nothing else has happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was clearly I was like a a one or a two on the um on the the scale myself, even though I spent the fall preparing for it. Right. This was against my will.
4: <laughs> when um, you were preparing, I'm just curious of your state of mind. I mean when you were you like, I gotta hurry and finish these. No. Or were you like I didn't finish about eight of those and no one? I thought I
1: thought it was pretty dumb, but I'm like somebody who <laughs> if you give me a task to do, I will do it. So I right. proudly told right. him Everything's clean. Everything's – we are ready. Even though if I really thought about it, I, I – again, I don't – and I was a computer science major for a couple of years. Like, I kind of know how computers work. I don't think you can write a program that just fixes all of this because every computer is different. I wanted I, – I desperately want to see that program that I was running. It's They basically just sold a placebo. I also want to know how much they spent. Yeah. Clearly, oh. he used part of his budget to be like, oh. we are going to be ready. For Y two K, yep. Sunny, yep. if you're listening, you're a great guy. <laughs>
3: I would kind of like to know where Sunny is now. Me too. I
1: think he's happily retired. The last I checked. So yeah, it but ended, do you it think ended that, well for him. Do you
4: think Sunny feels like you know he saved people? Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> because that's nothing the thing. Went wrong at that school. If you were good. a zero, a one, or a two and you did the work to, like, especially if you did the work to save your computers that way, you know that the reason your computer lab made it was because of the work you did. Yeah. That it definitely was going to be a problem. And maybe that would have set off the chain reaction. Maybe you saved yeah, the yeah. world. Yeah. Because the, <laughs> the McGill tool and computer lab really was the, the epicenter of computer activity <laughs> for the world. Whole financial markets would would uh, fall and rise wow. depending on what happened in wow. there. <laughs> So thank you so much for, uh, for coming, uh, and sharing your story with us today. And, and honestly, thank you so much for all of your contributions to the Channel 3900, um, podcast network. This has been, it's, it's, I, I, it's a delight to work with you guys all of the, to- uh, every week to record with you guys. Um, it's absolutely the most fun thing that I get to do. Uh, I want to remind listeners to subscribe to Channel 3900, um, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Or wherever quality or even mediocre podcasts are found, (laughs) I think you can find us. Um, Leave a five-star review. That helps. Uh, Tell a friend. Tell your enemies. (laughs) And for heaven's sakes, tell someone in Arkansas. (laughs) Tell someone in Arkansas because it is now, we got a download from Oklahoma. It is now the only state that we've never had a download from. Why did they hate us in Arkansas? Exactly. And here's the weird thing. Like, Chris Moore, I'm looking at you. We have a download from Malta. Malta has Malta? about 500,000 people. There are <laughs> 3 million people in Arkansas. <laughs> if we can get a download from Malta on the other side of the world, can't we get one person in Arkansas to listen? What so
4: the person that downloaded from Malta is actually
1: from Arkansas? And was vacationing? Yeah. They didn't keep yeah. listening then because they only <laughs> no. downloaded one episode.
6: <laughs> and it was probably a nothing rhymes with Geertz when we were in Europe. I, I bet we, Malta was a VPN, just saying.
1: I No, I think oh. there's a, I think there is a seven-year-old boy in Malta who's really into <laughs> election shock therapy.
5: Yeah, it's the Harry Potter episode. <clears throat>
1: that could be. Probably. Uh, follow at Annie underscore Berglund on Twitter. Anyone in this room, if you have a phone, even if you don't use Twitter, she needs the followers. She wants the followers. Anyone who hears my voice should be following her. Uh, <laughs> and you can contact the network uh, by emailing us at channel3900 at gmail.com. So we are going to close the show um, in a minute here by uh, kind of going around the table and giving everyone's uh, sign-off. And then after that, um, we're going to travel back to the year 1907 to hear oh. the rich public domain tones of Frank Stanley performing, <laughs> honestly, one of my favorite songs, "Olangzine." Lang Syne. Mm-hmm. So for all of us uh, at the Channel
2: 3900 Network, you've been listening to The 252. You've been listening to Election Shock Therapy. Go Royals.
3: This has been Sarah Shady, public philosopher, do some good in the world today.
8: And you've been listening to Bookish. At Bethel. Should old
7: acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and...